I usually look a little better than this. I, I apologize. But I do want to talk about a couple of things. First of all, we are in our new facility. It is amazing. I'm sure there's been some videos, some pictures showing people the facility is 18,504 square feet. We went from a 10 cubic foot V blender to mix powders to two 75 cubic foot V blenders. We can actually blend a thousand fibers at a time or 2000 trim science at a time now per blender. So we've certainly been able to scale up dramatically. We have an entire powder filling line. We have a separate filling line, uh, a plugger capper just for cell defender. We have another liquid filling line for the energy, the silver, the plus relief oral spray. We have a semi-automatic capsule filler, but we've just upgraded and we now have a fully automatic capsule filler coming in with a separate capsule polisher, a new slat counter. So we're doing a lot of things to streamline the manufacturing process to scale up as the company is growing. And for those of you that were able to see our original facility implantation, that 6,000 square foot facility, it wasn't just that the facility was too small because we're busting at the seams, but even the power restraints, we only had one three-phase 220 outlet, and we had six machines that ran on that outlet. So we could either blend powder or fill liquids or make capsules or make tube products. We had to choose what we do. Now we have a tube filling room, a capsule filling room, a gel filling room, a form fill seal room, a production suite, to do blending, a powder filling room, and a uh, liquid filling room. So everything has plenty of power, plenty of uh, facility for it. And we've always been very serious about quality control and quality assurance, uh, but we did hire Dr. Carla Gibbs, uh, PhD, to be our quality control person. She has instituted a whole new line of SOPs, quality control and master batch records, to make sure that we're fully compliant with all regulations, but also to make sure that every time a raw material comes in, it's properly tested. We know it's that raw material. We know that it's good stuff. And every time we make a product, we make sure it's that product. What's on the label is in the bottle. What's in the bottle is on the label. So we're very serious about quality control. So that being said, when people call us and they say, I'm concerned about this, the color of the product or the smell of the product or the taste of the product, understand, just like Robin said, all of our products are all natural. And with any natural ingredients, you're going to have some variation in color, taste, smell, and mouthfeel. So we make sure everything's fabulous. If you have a problem with anything, call customer service, let us know. We'll take a look. We keep retains of every batch we make. So we can go back to those retains and see if there's any issue with that product. But the, the fact is there are always going to be some variations. So keep that in mind. As an example, we had some plus relief where I didn't really like the flavor. I didn't. So we went back and we started looking at it and the xylitol we get is from birch. It's natural birch xylitol. And some of the xylitol didn't taste that good, but it's natural birch xylitol is a natural product. It's going to taste different. So we went ahead and we switched out the xylitol uh, provider and there's nothing wrong with that product. We tested it every which way. It's fabulous. It just doesn't taste great. So some people say the last bottle I got tasted great. This one doesn't taste great. That's the only problem. It doesn't taste great. Doesn't taste bad. Just doesn't taste great. It still has coprovenum peptides in it. It's still going to be an anti-inflammatory and analgesic. It's still going to help with nerve function. It's going to do everything it's supposed to do. It just doesn't taste great. <laughs> so 
the, the, when we talk about quality control and quality assurance, we are completely on top of it, more so than any other company I've ever worked with before. And remember, I work for billion-dollar companies. And I got to tell you, this is uh, the best we've ever done, I've ever done in my career. So uh, we're making great products that nobody else has, that nobody else can get. And the only other thing I'll tell you is uh, talk about is people ask me all the time about zeolites. And I got to tell you, I do it but I'm not happy doing it when people send me on WhatsApp or they send me an email or they do it through customer service. Rick, what do you think of this company Zeolite or that company Zeolite? I'm going to tell you, they're all terrible. Nobody has ever made Zeolite correctly except for our stuff. And that's because we are the category creators. Nobody ever had a colloidal suspension of micronized activated Zeolite before I invented the first one in 2004. That was the first one, and it's gone through iterations, but it's sold now over 8 million bottles since we first started selling it. Uh, every decent study out there is our studies. Every decent testimonial out there are our testimonials on our product. And so right now I'm making the best zeolite I've ever made. It's fully micronized and activated. I am the category creator, and this is the only place you can get it, the cell defender. So when anyone looks at any of these other products, they kind of fall into that category. Chip said it best because the judge, the federal judge said it when I actually had to sue someone over defense of my trade secrets. She called it Deutsch Light. Like anyone else trying to make this stuff is doing half a process or less than half a process and they don't know what they're doing. Okay, I can address if someone has specific issues, like there's a company that says they use synthetic zeolite lab made zeolite because it's better no it's not it makes no sense to make an artificial zeolite when there's natural clinoptilolite that you can micronize and activate not to mention that artificial zeolites synthetic zeolites by definition are what they call labile they break down quickly on purpose so those synthetic zeolites are used in the oil and gas industry to be used once and then fall apart so it makes no sense that someone would be making a synthetic zeolite not only that if they're making it as a dietary supplement, that is now an illegal product because the only way the zeolite is legal to sell is because it's a natural product, okay? So to sell as a dietary supplement. When people look at that sort of stuff, I'll address those specific questions, but just understand that the only truly micronized activated zeolite that now has sold over 8 million bottles and is supported by 15 clinical studies is Avini Cell Defender, and this is the only place you can get it. All right. With that, Robin, you you have any specific questions for me? You want me to start just looking at the chat? Yeah. You know, I did have Cheryl Long wanted me to ask a little bit about that plus hydration because we're all doing more presentations and all and just want to know. And she's a nurse background. So she want to know a little bit more, had some questions about. And I liked how you said it. You answered these questions in Inner Circle. And I know you're going to be doing a short video for us that we have to get out here soon. But if you could go into just one more time on the melodextrin, the fructose, those two, when you have the purists looking at it and they're saying it's sugars, what are we looking at? And explain that a little bit more. And do they need each other? She was wondering, she can't remember if you said that they kind of help each other. The two together? Well, it says so. First, you have to understand what hydration is and how hydration works in the body. Uh, water is both good and bad. I mean, water causes inflammation. Inflammation, by definition, is turgidity of cells where water gets in the cell and stays there and makes the wrong cells more turgid. Uh, so you have to have proper hydration. Now, it just so happens that most of us are dehydrated, we live in a constant state of dehydration. Uh, so we want to make sure that we have proper hydration. So what is proper hydration? You want to make sure that, first of all, the bloodstream can hold on to water. 
The only way the bloodstream can hold on to water is if you have electrolytes. And electrolytes, we people throw at that term all over the place, but all electrolytes mean are charged particles. Most of the electrolytes we're familiar with are things like magnesium and calcium and sodium and potassium. But believe it or not, mercury, lead, cadmium, arsenic, they're also electrolytes. They're charged particles in the bloodstream. So one of the things that happens when you take Cell Defender and you take some of these other detox products is as you get those heavy metals out of the body, you're actually losing electrolytes. Now, they're terrible electrolytes. They're bad for you. But they're also, they're charged particles that help your blood hold on to more fluid. And just think about why. If you guys remember, like repels, so like charges repel. If you remember, you put two ba- two magnets together, they're the same pole and they'll push apart, they'll repel. So if you have all these positively charged particles, they want to repel each other, they want to escape, they want to get away from each other. And so when you have a bunch of positively charged particles in your bloodstream, the only way to stabilize them is to have more fluid, to have more volume. So it allows them to separate. So the first thing that happens when you have electrolytes in your blood is your blood now can hold on to more fluid. That's important for a couple reasons. One is if you're physically active, if you're working out, if you're running around, you want your body to hold on to that water. But if you're hot, your body wants to sweat. It wants to get rid of that fluid quickly. And so when Gatorade first came out, that was the first commercial sports drink. And it was called Gatorade because the Florida Gators used it. And they said a lot of people said they were cheating. They were using that Gatorade. They were cheating because they could drink it and they weren't sweating. And they didn't have to run to the bathroom. They could drink it through the day through the game and stay hydrated. So the reason they're all able to hold under that water, not sweat or go to the bathroom is because of the electrolytes. The second thing is if you just drink water, it tends to quench your thirst quickly before you're hydrated. So you drink the water and, oh, I'm, I'm not thirsty anymore, but you're not hydrated yet. When you drink these high electrolyte compounds, those high electrolyte drinks, they are salty. They will keep you thirsty. So you keep drinking and you're not quenching your thirst. You're drinking enough to actually hydrate. So that's important as well. Now, the next step in hydration is carbohydrates. That's where the maltodextrins come in and the fructose. When your body is carb starved, when your muscles are active, when you've actually done some physical activity, your muscles need to replenish carbohydrates, need to replenish glycogen in the muscles. And so those carbs will go to the muscles to build new glycogen stores and carbs are sponges, they're water attracting. So once those carbs go into the muscle, they'll pull the water into the muscle after it. And that's proper hydration. So you have electrolytes to keep the fluid in the blood so you don't have to urinate or sweat and the carbs drive the the fluid, the water into the muscles where then it fully hydrates your body. Now, why do we use the mixed maltodextrins, which are a natural source maltodextrin, they're corn-based, and the fructose? You need different carbs to be able to regenerate those glycogen stores in the muscles. But the, the size of the carbs are really important because that's the next step, the osmolality. And that's what makes this product so different. Osmolality is a measure of solid particles in a liquid. It doesn't matter how big or small they are. It just matters the discrete particles, how many particles there are. And water will always flow from areas of low osmolality to areas of higher osmolality to separate those particles. And it so happens that the bloodstream around the digestive tract has an osmolality of about 250. That's its average osmolality. So for water to get 
from the digestive tract into the bloodstream, you have to have an osmolality of less than 250. Every sports drink out there, Gatorade, Powerade, they're all about 280 and higher. So to make our osmolality less than 250, we have longer chain carbohydrates, these maltodextrins, as a balance of different chains of these carbohydrates that allow it to have a lower osmolality and drive the water into the bloodstream. That's what the mixed maltodextrins do. Now, people read maltodextrins are bad. Well, saying maltodextrins are bad is like saying vitamins do this or vitamins do that. There's hundreds of types of maltodextrins. It's a blanket term for a long chain carbohydrate, for a type of, it's shorter than starch, but longer than sugar. That's what maltodextrins are. They have different branches. Each different maltodextrin does different things. So it doesn't necessarily mean that maltodextrins are good or bad. We used a mixed maltodextrin, two different size maltodextrins, specifically for their osmolality to drive water from the digestive tract into the bloodstream. They are naturally sourced maltodextrins. They come from non-GMO organic corn, and they're naturally sourced. So people say they can't eat corn. Well, why can't you eat corn? Can you eat the carbs, the starches that come from that corn, the specific maltodextrins that we're extracting from that? I'm going to say probably so, because people who have allergies, usually the proteins are allergic to, not the carbs. Okay, the proteins tend to act as an allergy. Uh, then fructose. Well, we need more quick sugar to go with that those mixed maltodextrins. And of all the simple sugars that we could use, fructose has the lowest glycemic value. Fructose is a very interesting sugar because it's entirely metabolized in the liver. So it doesn't get broken down easily in the digestive tract. It gets absorbed and then metabolized in the liver. So it gets metabolized very slowly over a long period of time. So this is fructose, which is fruit-based sugar from oranges, lemons, and limes. It's citrus-based. So it's a natural fructose extract that we use in the product. Again, all natural, all organic, non-GMO that we source for this product. So the fructose allows you to have the quicker sugar that goes into the, the muscles and then the mixed maltodextrin or the slower sugar that goes in the muscles. All of it is low glycemic. None of it should cause a spike in, in blood sugar, but all of it allows you to have rapid, safe rehydration. And that's my lecture on hydration. <laughs> and I can tell you, I'm not the first person to come up with this. There were tons of companies or tons of schools that we did. Florida State, University of Florida, Duke University did a lot of this work. The original company was called Quick Kick that made the original Gatorade. Their product is actually similar to what we have. I think ours is a little better, but their product is only sold to one company. It's sold to Halliburton and it's used on oil rigs to keep the people in the oil rigs hydrated because they work in a, a very hot environment and they have to stay hydrated. So they have a very high-end, very scientific hydration product just for Halliburton. So I think ours is a little better, but you can only get ours at Avini Health. So it's a one company source as well. <laughs> so we, we have just a couple questions about the hydration. Then we want to back up because Kelly has a really good question for you. So well, this is really a, a statement, I think. The plus hydration will be amazing for someone who is ill. And then it says, correct. Is that correct? A question. Yeah, well, uh, you say what is ill, but certainly someone has a cold, a flu. The fluids are the best for anybody that's sick. 
And you, when you have those fluids, a lot of people say drink a, a Pedialyte or a Gatorade, something that has those, those carbs, those uh, electrolytes in it. So yes, this is something that certainly could be in place of a Pedialyte or a Gatorade for someone that's sick. And I think you've answered the other two. Will you go ahead and go into the chat, Rick? and start at the top there. You'll find a couple that you've already answered on below, but there's some really good questions here. I'd rather you just look at that if you can, if you want me to read them, I will. Well, someone asked about men who experience results with male issues. My wife tells me there's lots of male issues. So I'm assuming when they say male issues, they're probably talking about prostate health. When you talk about prostate health, you're usually talking about either BPH, benign prostate hypertrophy, or prostate cancer. BPH is inflammatory. Most men eventually will have some form of prostate issue. We don't currently have a specific prostate product. I can tell you that the plus relief is naturally anti-inflammatory and will certainly help. Uh, but there's lots and lots of great over-the-counter prostate products. They contain beta cytosterol, sol palmetto, pumpkin seed. All these are natural products that certainly help benefit a healthy prostate and will help with BPH. When it comes to prostate cancer, that's completely different. And certainly there's lots of work that's been done with natural zeolites in the active treatment of prostate cancer. In fact, the last study that was just published was using clinoptilolite zeolite along with a platinum-based chemotherapy in prostate cancer. And specifically, they were looking at preventing side effects from the chemotherapy utilizing the zeolite. And the specific side effect is almost always from platinum-based drugs. It's called uh, chemotherapy-induced peripheral neuropathy, CIPN. And basically, it's nerve damage caused by the chemotherapy. And they found that mm -hmm. all the patients that use the zeolite had no nerve damage at all. They had no peripheral neuropathy, and they still had the same outcomes, the, the good outcomes from the use of the drug. So improved outcomes with less side effects simply by adding the zeolite. And the way they added it is, I, I tell people for the most part, you can take the zeolite anytime. It's usually non-interactive, except if you're taking a metal-based drug, especially a platinum-based drug, because the zeolite will pull the platinum out of your body. And so my recommendation has always been discontinue use of the zeolite a day before chemo and two days after. So we're a day before, two days after. So I've always said that. I've said it for 20 years. I had nothing to do with this clinical study. And that was the protocol. Stop, they stopped taking zeolite a day before chemo and, two, and continued again two days after. So whoever put that protocol together is, must have been at one of my lectures. And they heard me say that because that's how they put the protocol together. And it was incredibly effective. So I'm glad I've been saying the right thing all these years. I knew from, from my own research and my own work with cancer patients, but that was nice to see in a published study. So that would be prostate cancer. Certainly, I'm not saying it replaces, azealia replaces any kind of allopathic medicine or other interactions, radiation or chemotherapy, but certainly it can be used with any of those modalities and can certainly help. So that's male issues. I hope I got that. In what way can Cell Defender help trigger finger, tendonitis, carpal tunnel, or other similar conditions? Well, listen, all mm -hmm. Cell Defender does, I've said this before, is it takes things out of the body that don't belong there. And a cleaner, healthier body fixes itself. So yes, depending on why you have carpal tunnel, tendonitis, or trigger finger, certainly zinc finger protein metabolism is upregulated, healing is, is faster, uh, when you're taking the cell defender. But specifically, if you had tendonized carpal tunnel trigger finger, these are all inflammatory conditions, I would highly recommend the plus relief. 
So certainly hey, self -defense. Just so you know, I have three trigger fingers that are non-existent with the plus relief. I've heard, I've seen that a lot. I work with an oncologist in Boca Raton, Dr. Mitch Ginn. He started using our products simply because he had carpal tunnel his whole many, many years. And the plus relief was the first thing he ever used that helped his carpal tunnel. And it went away in a couple of days. Uh, and in that case, he just used the topical gel, just rubbed the topical gel on his wrist in his hand. So certainly we have the topical gel and the oral spray. Depending on your type of inflammation, you could use both. You can use the oral spray for systemic anti-inflammation analgesia, or you can use the topical gel wherever the pain is. You do have to be consistent with the plus relief. It's meant for chronic use. So when you use it, make sure you use it several times a day, use it for several weeks, and you're going to get better and better over time. And the coolest thing about the mechanism of the plus relief is that the body grows more sensitive to it over time. So that as you use it over time, you'll need less and less to get the same benefit, which is the exact opposite of every other pain medication on the planet. So I think that's very, very cool. All right. Would it be okay to use cell defender in the eyes? We cannot recommend for the company to put it in their eyes, but people certainly do. And it's certainly safe to do so. Remember, it is a colloidal suspension of a micronized mineral. So it can feel a little gritty if you put it in your eye. But certainly it's safe to do so. A lot of people have done it and a lot of people have seen great benefit from it. I'm sure if you go to the Avini training, there's testimonials on using the cell defender in the eyes. Our daughter suffers from debilitating migraines, is on many medications, also suffers from anxiety. So that's a lot to unpack. You want to see if there's some underlying cause. So first of all, let's start with migraines. There are now 29 million Americans that are said to suffer from migraine headaches. Migraine headaches are different than other headaches. What, what differentiates a migraine headache is something called spasmolysis, a spasm in the blood vessels in the head. If she does not have spasm in blood vessels, it is not a migraine. It's probably a tension headache or a cluster headache or other form of headache. Most headaches are caused by dehydration. Number one cause of headaches is dehydration. So if you're staying hydrated, if you're drinking plenty of water, See if that helps. Uh, additionally, if you have migraine headaches, actually, I say this for anyone that has a condition that is inconsistent, that strikes at different times, I recommend keeping a journal. Keep a journal, what you eat, what you drink, what activities you're doing, because you can find that there are triggers that you can associate with the attack. So if you, you can find that certain things, certain foods, certain activities, certain drinks, could actually trigger that migraine episode and you can start to avoid those. It's the old story, doc, it hurts when I do this, so don't do this. Don't do the thing that hurts you. So that's important to keep a journal. Aside from that, we do have some research utilizing the plus relief for migraine headaches. So I do recommend if someone is a migraineur, which means a couple things. It means that they have at least three migraines a month, but also means that when they get migraines, for the most part, they will experience something called aura which is they feel it coming on and can usually see, it looks like there's kind of fuzziness around things that they get visual uh, fuzziness before they get a migraine headache and they're certainly light and sound sensitive. So if you're a true migraineur, I do recommend using the oral spray. If they use the plus relief oral spray consistently, it actually works as a prophylactic and it prevents migraine headaches. If they are having experience of migraine headache, then they can use the topical gel as well. If they use a little bit of gel, they rub it on their temples, they rub it on the back of their neck, it will sh greatly shorten the migraine episode. And we've seen that time and time and time again. So certainly you can use the plus relief for prevention and treatment of migraine headache. 
But then again, let's start talking first. Is it a migraine? Is it not? Are they hydrated? Are they doing everything else to, to be healthy? They also talked about her suffering from anxiety and she's on a lot of medications. Understand this. I don't have time to go into what I call my prescription etiology, but a lot of times we find that the symptoms are side effects of medications. And so you got to see, is it, what is the actual underlying problem? What is caused from a previous medication that they're on? And then they're on a medication for the side effect of that medication. And I've seen that many, many, many times. And once we get people off of those meds, we can try to identify what the underlying condition is, what the underlying issues are, and just deal with those. But there's a lot to unpack. I'm certainly happy to talk to you, not in a national conference call. Let's did see. you see uh, Kelly's? Did you see Kelly's? I don't know where you got that last one. I didn't even see that one. Sorry, but did you see Kelly's about that uh, says I have a doctor that is concerned about the phase one and phase two detox pathways in the liver in regards to cell defender. I know that it is not a problem, but I do not have the words to explain to her. Can you explain, okay. please? So first of all, there's many, many, many detoxification pathways in the liver. The cell defender has nothing to do with any of them. Okay, so. Transformation detox pathways in the liver are a way that the liver can transform toxins to make them more water soluble to get them out of the body. What we've seen in every single case is an upregulation of detox pathways in the liver and a reduction of liver enzymes when people use the cell defender. And the only reason for that is not that the cell defender is doing anything to the liver except taking pressure off the liver. By removing toxins, removing heavy metals, removing volatile organic compounds, it allows the liver to have more time to do what it's supposed to do, its own detoxification pathways. So we've seen kidney health improve and liver health improve over time. I'm not saying the cell defender improves liver health. The cell defender improves kidney health. No, a cleaner, healthier body improves kidney and liver health because you're taking pressure of those detoxification organs in the body. Okay, that's the easiest way to say it. If they want to talk specifically about glucuronidation or other pathways. I always say glucuronidation because that is my favorite liver detoxification pathway, phase two human glucuronidation. I could talk about that for the next hour and a half and talk about how orange peel helps improve that as well. But the fact is we have seen improvement in liver health, improving kidney health, which are detoxification organs in the body as people use the cell defender. Again, if you want me to talk to the doctor, I'm happy to talk to a physician. Uh, I do most of my lectures I do in continuing education courses for physicians. Rick, that, that idea you just said about the liver is pretty much applicable. So many examples, right? It's not just the liver. It's not just the kidneys, not just the heart, not just the lungs. Everything gets less unnecessary work. The unnecessary jobs are right. I mean, it, it's a lot yeah. bigger deal than just okay. the liver. Yeah, uh, I was shocked when Stuart Lonke saw patients with improved bone density and osteopenic patients are no longer osteopenic. And all they did was take the zeolite. And I'm like, well, the zeolite doesn't cause bone resorption. No, but everyone has a little bit of lead in their bones. Lead displaces calcium and lowers uh, bone density. As you're removing this lead from your body over time, calcium now can resorb in a bone. And we've seen improved bone density scores in patients using the, the cell defender. And again, the zeolite is not growing bone. The zeolite is not recalcifying bone. A cleaner, healthier body is improving bone density over time. 
So yeah, Chip, you're right. It's everything in the body. Every metabolic process improves when you get the muck out that shouldn't be there to begin with. We have one more just to finish, I think, this subject, but I didn't want to leave his subject out. He just said, or his question, also in regards to the fructose, more specifically, doesn't it feed fast-growing negative cells? It's low glycemic. So when you're talking about, first of all, you're talking about cancer, fast-growing negative cells. (laughs) Cancer is voracious. Cancer will suck up every possible thing around it to try to feed it. So yes, if you have a high sugar diet, it's going to help feed cancer, but it does it more than just because it's sugar feeding the cancer. It's also because of the acidity in the body. High sugar in the diet leads to something called diabetic ketosis, and you actually become acidic, and cancer thrives in an acidic environment. It has to, and try to think of it this way. For cancer to separate, it's got to make copies of its DNA. DNA is acid. The, not just the nucleus in the cell, but the nucleolus, where the actual genetic material is, is incredibly acidic. It's an acidic environment because it's DNA. It's deoxyribonucleic acid. It needs an acidic environment to copy itself. And so that part of the cell is always highly acidic. So cancer thrives in that acidic environment, and it, it allows it to make more and more and more copies of its DNA. And so when you talk about those sugars, high glycemic sugars, is really the pH that's more important than the fact that the sugar feeds the cell. Does that make sense? Good. Good. Okay. Is there a best time of day to use the hydration product? The best time to use is when you're actually physically active. And I've said this before, it's certainly better than just having a glass of water, but the best use of the product is when you're physically active, your muscles need to replenish glycogen. That's the best time to use it. Okay. If you're just going to use it when you're sedentary, the best time would be before bed. And I say that for a variety of reasons, because people tend to dehydrate overnight. I don't want to insult anyone. I don't want to make fun of any drug companies or doctors, but there really is no such thing as restless leg syndrome. Restless leg syndrome is dehydration. It's an electrolytic imbalance that leads to the feeling of restless legs. And I've every single person I've told to simply rehydrate before we had hydration, I'd say drink a Gatorade before bed the restless leg syndrome would go away. And so now that is, if you're dehydrated, especially before bed, if you have it before bed, it's going to help replenish those electrolytes. It's going to help hydrate you before bed. And you're not going to have to wake up at three in the morning and go to the bathroom because you're holding onto those fluids. If water is taken from the digestive system, how is the system affected? How is that system affected? I'm not sure where that's coming from. Yeah, I don't know what they mean by that. Water always has to leave the digestive tract eventually and go into the bloodstream. Most water is absorbed in the colon. In fact, the job of the colon is to absorb water and compact fecal matter. So most water is absorbed in the colon. But we want to hydrate when we drink. We want to get that fast. So if you have a low osmolality, you're going to absorb that water faster. And I, I wrote this in my article that was in the newsletter either last month or the month before. I challenge people to try this. Go and get thirsty. Do something like play tennis or pickleball or just go for a walk or a jog. And then do it twice. And once, drink like a Gatorade or a Powerade. You will feel that liquid hit your stomach. You'll feel it in your stomach as it gets absorbed slowly. 
do the same thing with the plus hydration. And it feels like your body took a drink. It's like your whole body feels like it got hydrated. And it's actually a very cool feeling if you guys haven't done it yet. Neil did it with the first sample I made. I sent it to Neil and he played tennis and he used it and he gave it to some of his friends. And they got that great feeling because they were tired playing tennis. They were dehydrated and it felt like their body just went and that's because the water got absorbed so quickly out of the stomach. So no, it's not going to dry out your stomach if that's the question. <laughs> but the whole idea is to get better absorption of those fluids as quickly as possible. Okay, so she's actually saying, do we need to hydrate more often when we're using the hydration product, I believe is what she's asking. Well, well listen, I tell everyone they should be drinking eight to 10 glasses of water a day. There is such a thing as too much water. There is. People can actually have something called a, a hyponatremia, which they drink so much water and not enough electrolytes, they actually get a, a salt imbalance in their body. If you're drinking the hydration in place of one or two of those glasses of water, that's a great idea. You're okay. going to get the electrolytes. You're going to balance that those electrolytes. You're going to get the fluids. Is there a product that could help push healthy kidney function? Okay. So kidneys are tricky. For the most part, something causes kidney dysfunction. There's very few things that are primary kidney dysfunction. Genetic PKD, polycystic kidney disease, about 4% of the U.S. population has PKD. That can be primary kidney dysfunction. And then kidney cancer, certainly. But most things that cause kidney dysfunction are something else. High blood pressure puts pressure in the kidneys. Heart disease, diabetes puts pressure in the kidneys. And for the most part, I say, let's deal with the underlying cause of the kidney dysfunction and not just try to fix the kidneys. But certainly the best thing you do for the kidneys is hydration. The kidneys are a filter. Have you ever tried to filter something? Like try putting mud in a colander and run water through it. It's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. You're not gonna be able to filter it. So the whole idea is drink more and more fluids and that actually helps the kidneys. That's the first thing that you're supposed to do is drink more water and be more hydrated when you're dealing with kidney issues. Aside from that, if someone is a, a kidney stone former, I'm going to tell you something that people can't believe because they think it's counterintuitive. If you get kidney stones, you need to increase calcium in your diet. Everyone goes, why would I do that? Doesn't calcium cause kidney stones? No, oxalic acid causes kidney stones. If you form kidney stones, you should increase calcium in your diet, get at least 500 to 1,000 milligrams of calcium a day. I would say a good calcium, like an acidic calcium, like calcium citrate, calcium malate, a good absorbable calcium, because what happens that calcium then will pull oxalic acid out of the body, forming calcium oxalate, and it'll prevent the formation of stones. So it sounds counterintuitive, but you tell anybody that has kidney stones or makes kidney stones, drink plenty of water and increase calcium. And they'll never make a kidney stone again. So aside from that, cell defender, again, we talked about improving kidney function, improving liver function. One of the things it does is the cell defender, the zeolite, does love heavy metals. It's going to suck up mercury and lead and cadmium and arsenic. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't also pull in a little calcium, a little magnesium, a little uh, potassium, a little phosphorus. It just doesn't like those. So even if it pulls them in, it doesn't hold on to them. It exchanges those out. That process is called cationic exchange. And so the zeolite is really good at shuttling electrolytes, shuttling good ions around the body where they're better utilized. So it's really good at keeping calcium in circulation, magnesium in circulation, potassium and phosphorus and, and sodium and all the things that our body actually needs. The zeolite helps shuttle those around the body as it's doing its other job which is sucking up mercury and lead and cadmium and arsenic. 
so yes, the, the, we feel like that's one of the reasons zeolite helps kidney function is because it's helping shuttle those minerals around the body. And Rick, just to, I, this is a great place to say it. My sister-in-law gave her kidney to my brother and several years ago, and she just got the best report from her kidney doctor. The kidney doctor is just absolutely shocked. Her numbers are unbelievable with her kidney. Right. And she's always on the cell defender. And maybe this is a good time. I think it's very fascinating. A lot of people don't know your story about your father-in-law, your father-in-law. Yeah, my wife's it? father. So yeah, polycystic kidney disease actually runs in my wife's family. He had PKD. A lot of people with poly, basically with polycystic kidney disease is that you have a bad gene that makes a protein called polycysteine and it builds up in the kidneys. Eventually the kidneys get larger and they get cysts. They get like lumps in the kidneys and they start to fail over time. Most people with polycystic kidney disease that start getting symptomatic in their 40s and a lot of them die in their 50s if they if left untreated, if they don't do something. So he got his first kidney transplant when he was in his late 50s. He got another kidney transplant when he was in his 70s, his early 70s. But about that time when he was getting his, had to get his kidney transplant, he started using my zeolite. And he had really, really great results. And especially when he got his new kidney, they couldn't believe that. Well, first of all, they told him not to take it because it, it would cause a rejection. Because anything that improves your immune system will cause a rejection. I said, we're not talking about causing excitation of the immune system. We're talking about balancing everything. And so, no, it does not cause a rejection episode. And it can safely be used. The cell defender can safely be used by anyone who has a transplant whether it's kidney or liver or heart, whatever, they can use the cell defender. So he's living, he was living proof that, yes, he had improved kidney function. He had improved overall body function. And normally they wouldn't even have him on the list if he was in his early 70s for a kidney transplant. He would be very low on the list. But he was so healthy using my stuff that they said, you know what, when you qualify. And he was able to get another kidney. So, yes, he did. He did very well in the product. No, so no. much hope here. So much hope. I just, I love it. Thank you for sharing that again. I got the flu shot and have an infection in the lungs that I have. I'm using a Vini Silver spray five times, uh, five sprays, five times a day. I don't see any more explanation. Or question. <laughs> that sounds yeah. great. You should also be using the cell defender. But yes, if there's an infection in the lungs, though, I'm a big believer in knowledge is power. So if you have an infection, get a sputum sample, have them test it, see what it is, because there's ways to treat different infections, especially in the lungs. The lungs are a playground for microbes. And there's things there. Some people are just colonizers. Some people just start to grow things, especially in the lower lungs where they're not getting a lot of exchange. Uh, and they could be growing pseudomonas or they could be growing different bacteria or mycobacteria. And so it's really important to know what is infecting you to be able to treat it properly. Uh, so if they know they have an infection, I would go to an infectious disease guy or pulmonologist and at least find out what it is. And I hope you still have time. There's several questions and I know they're important. So I'm going to go through them fast. Hopefully it'll help. Are there any other products you recommend and the silver protocol, I'm doing the best. Okay, sorry, that was along with, I'm sorry, Keith, I didn't, are there any, you just talked to him about knowledge is power and yeah. moving forward. And you, along with the silver, you should also be on the uh, cell defender. And then of course, is immunity for immune system health. So that'll help as well. Okay. Yeah. Any thoughts about calcification muscles and tendons and connective tissue? So 
I don't know about thoughts of calcification. Certainly it, it occurs. Calcium deposits can occur pretty much anywhere. And it depends on who you are, what your diet is, what your activity levels are. Calcification muscles and tendons are usually either genetic or sedentary lifestyle. So I talk about supplementation. I'm a big believer in supplementation means supplemental to a healthful diet and exercise. So you should be eating right and you should be physically active. No matter what, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how infirm you are, that you could do something. Uh, if, if you have trouble moving around, get in the pool. They do pool aerobics and stuff, but you should be able to at least take a walk. The New England Journal of Medicine published in 1999 that just a brisk walk for at least 20 minutes, three times a week, lowered stroke and heart attack risk by as much as 40%. Do something, anything. Just do anything you can to be physically active. That'll help break down calcifications in the, in the muscles and tendons. Aside from that, I already talked about the fact that the zeolite is really good at shuttling calcium magnesium around the body and preventing those calci calcified cysts from forming. I don't know if Neil wants to talk about, but Neil just had a heart scan. Well, he had a Doppler scan and they couldn't believe he had zero calcifications. Zero. And Neil's older than all. I'm older than dirt. <laughs> but no, it was pretty interesting because I went just because of the age you go and you have all health checks made. So this guy is doing it and he's like behind me. And I was telling Rick the story. And he goes, holy. And you know what? he, You know, crap. OK. And I go, like, <laughs> oh, my God, what did you see? So, well, I really can't tell you. I said, you can't say that and not tell me. He says, I have never seen a person of your age with zero calcification in their carotids and arteries. Never. And I had gone because, and this is with the problem with tests. The doctor had given me some tests and said I had 12% calcium in my body. Well, guess what? It's not there. It's probably my bones. But, you know, <laughs> so uh, I've been on these products for what, about 17 years now, Rick, pretty much? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, pretty much since we launched it. So, so we launched it. I've been on fiber since 1996. I've been on the, the zeolite since 2004, 2005. I, you hear me tell, say all the time, preventative healthcare is the best way. Well, this is an example of what I'm talking about. You're not going to see it. I'm not going to look in the mirror and say, oh, my arteries look great. But it's <laughs> yeah. happening. I always say that with the fiber. Your cholesterol looks great today. <laughs> okay, so someone asked about hydration and I guess eliminating loose stools or increasing uh, digestive bulky motil motility. I don't really know how the hydration would do that. Certainly the fiber does that. The hydration, you know, you're getting properly hydrated. I guess that means, my guess would be if you had loose stool before, that could be a colon issue and you might want to get that checked out. Because as I said before, the job of the colon is to take the excess water out of your digestive tract to cause bulking, fecal bulking. Uh, so if you didn't have that before, the hydration is probably driving water out of your digestive tract, but that meant that your colon wasn't doing its job. So I don't know if you've, oh, it's Jim. Jim's a good friend. Jim, I don't know if you've had a colonoscopy. I'm not going to do it, but you probably want to have your colon checked to make sure that's functioning properly and there's no issues because if that was the problem before, it could tell you the colon's not doing your jo the job. Let's see. I really had migraine migraine accident caused by plus a medical issue caused by a tick. Oh, so yeah, I no longer take prescriptions. Good job, thanks, Justine. Does zeolite turn into colloidal suspension? If so, how do you get the zeolite that small? So our product is a colloidal suspension. That's a micronized zeolite. That's a colloidal suspension in ultra-purified water. What a colloidal suspension means is it's not a solution. 
It's not mixing to form something. It's discrete particles of the zeolite that are floating in water. So we do micronize zeolite. I don't give my secret of how I micronize. It took me many, many years trying different methods to get a consistent micronized zeolite. But we do micronize the zeolite safely, effectively, uh, using high pressure and centrifugation to get a product that is sub-micron. So our, our zeolite particles, our average zeolite particle size is less than a micron. Our smallest particles are about 347 nanometers. And that's important. At that size, you're getting absorption from the digestive tract into the bloodstream. And I know at the beginning of the call, I told you I wouldn't talk about other zeolite products, but there is one very funny one that's, I think it's Cosiva's product. They claim that their zeolite cages are 0.9 nanometers. And I just told you, our smallest cages are about 347 nanometers. Well, that's important because if you look at a zeolite cage, it's got a cage-like structure. It's got holes. Each hole is about 0.9 nanometers. So if their zeolite cage is 0.9 nanometers, their whole cage is the size of a hole in the zeolite. So that tells you, first of all, that's impossible. And also tells you they don't have any understanding of zeolite chemistry. Because the whole idea is to have a lot of holes so they can pull in toxins and heavy metals and trap them. So I always say, how can you have a prison that's smaller than the, the space between mm -hmm. the bars? It can't be done. Again, they hear me say micronize, micronize, smaller is better. So they say, they're so small, they're much smaller than mine. I'm 347 nanometers, they're 0.9 nanometers, they're nano size. Well, the fact is they have no understanding of the zeolite chemistry if they're saying that their entire zeolite cage is smaller than a single hole in the zeolite cage, in the zeolite structure. So they say, if so, how do you get that small? I answer that. Ringing in the ears. I've talked about uh, tinnitus before. Lots of people suffer from this. There are two forms of tinnitus. There's audible and inaudible. Audible tinnitus means someone else can hear it. Okay, so if you have tinnitus, have someone else just put their ear against yours or have someone listen with the stethoscope. If they can hear it, that's audible tinnitus and that's actually circulatory. That's caused by narrowing of blood vessels in and around the ear, and that causes the ringing and, uh, and rushing in the ears. So in that case, you have a circulatory issue, and you should talk about improving circulatory health, and there's lots of things you can do for that. If it's non-audible, it's neurologic. It's your nerves that are causing that, so you hear it, but other people can't hear it. In that case, some people say cell defenders help them, even if they put the cell defender in the ears. Some people have said the plus relief helps because it's anti-inflammatory, so that can take the impinging on the nerve off. So we have had a lot of people. I believe if you go to the Avini training site, there are some, Robin, I think there are some testimonials in tinnitus. Yes. It's not going to say that word because we're really careful about me not making medical claims. We can't be like you and talk <laughs> all the yeah. science like that. So we're more careful. So they well, may have to get help finding the issue. So tinnitus is not a disease, though. So tinnitus is a syndrome. So you actually could talk about that. Okay. okay. So I think uh, it's under joints, you know, joints, that kind of, if they look under it and they can get help with one of us, we can help them find it. Absolutely. Robin, I think there's an ear topic, actually. Oh, thank you. Oh, yes. Actually, Robert, you're right. Robert did a, Robert just did a testimony for us on the Tuesday call, too, a few weeks back. It was great. So okay, people are asking about those specifics, they can always go to, is it avinitraining.com? Avinihealthtraining.com. Yep. And then there's lots of testimonials about different uh, issues. So you can look there. Someone asked about using hydration when one has diarrhea. Absolutely. One of the biggest issues, the biggest danger of diarrhea is dehydration. 
So absolutely. First of all, find out why you have diarrhea. That's really important and, and try to deal with it because diarrhea can be very dangerous. But like I said, the number one issue, the number one long-term side effect or drawback from diarrhea is dehydration. So certainly you can use the hydration when you have diarrhea. Can you explain solutions versus suspension? Okay, that is a, a quite a chemical, a chemistry lecture. So solutions means you're making a chemical change. You're mixing two things together and you have something new when you do it, okay? As an example, if I mix salt in water and make salt water, that's a chemical change because the ionic bonds of the sodium and the chloride will separate and I have ions of sodium and ions of chloride that are now ionically charged. So they come together because of their charge differentiation, but that is a solution of salt water. Okay. If I mix sugar in water, that doesn't happen. The sugar is suspended in the water. And one of the things you can do, and I, I've done this before I've shown, I think Chip has a picture of me showing the Tyndall effect. So when you shine a light through a colloidal suspension, you will see the light, the beam through the solution. That's called the Tyndall effect. And that's because the particles pick up the light. If it's a solution, you do not see the light. If it's a co colloidal suspension, you will see the light. And has anyone ever looked at the clouds when the sun's shining through the clouds, you see the sunbeam? Those sunbeams are the Tyndall effect because clouds are colloidal suspension. They're solids suspended in a gas. So it's solids in the gas. So they... You can see those sunbeams coming through because that's a colloid. Isn't that cool? So that's the difference between a solution and a suspension. So I hope I... So I that, hope. that person that asked that, I, I've been involved with that a little today, and she's uh, in touch with someone who has supposedly a sodium-based zeolite that goes into solution and goes into cells. So Yeah, that's not true. See, I know that guy. None of that's possible. It's not possible. So this is the, the, that Greek doctor. I can never pronounce his name. It's Sikakaris uh, Morphalus. But uh, he was a cardiologist. He, he was a decent cardiologist, but he doesn't understand zeolite chemistry. He read a paper by someone who also didn't understand zeolite chemistry. And he claims that he makes a product that's not a zeolite. It's a piece of a zeolite. And it's no longer negatively charged. Now it's positively charged. And it's water soluble and gets into cells. So there's so much wrong with that that I can't even begin to tell you. First of all, if it's not a zeolite, if it's a piece of zeolite, then it's no longer a zeolite. It no longer functions as a zeolite. You can't make any claims you normally could for a zeolite. Additionally, if you're making a new substance, it's illegal to sell it as a dietary supplement. You'd actually have to file something called a new dietary ingredient with the FDA, an NDI, before you could sell it. So basically, he'd be selling an illegal product if anything you said was true. Additionally, we know that the re reason the zeolite works is because it's negatively charged and it attracts positively charged heavy metals and toxins. So the fact that it's no longer negatively charged eliminates all of its abilities. And then lastly, it's water soluble. No, zeolites are not water soluble. They're not going to be, they're not going to be cause create a solution. And they're not going to get into the cells unless they're sick or, or cells with a leaky membrane. So pretty much everything he says is incorrect. Uh, and he's not a chemist. He's a cardiologist. He really should leave the chemistry to chemists. And I've actually had this conversation with him. And a lot of times, if you look at his marketing material, he uses my stuff to market his products. So he goes on and on and on and says, it's not a zeolite. It's not a zeolite. It's not a zeolite. But look how good zeolites are and how well they work. And look at Rick's research.
So you can't have your cake and eat it too. It's either a zeolite or it's not. <laughs> and if it's not a zeolite, you can't be talking about my stuff. So yeah, that's another one of those products that doesn't work and makes no sense at all. So she's um, brand new and uh, asked, asked the question so politely that it didn't put a burr under your bonnet. Uh, I preferred answer number two, and I bet Bella did too. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right. What do you recommend for gout? Wow, this is going to, it's already 10 after seven. Okay. Well, uh, Robin, you can tell me when to cut it off. So gout, it, yeah, gout's a tough one too, because uh, at least 30 to 40% of people diagnosed with the gout do not have gout. Okay. So people see swelling in their feet, especially after they ate certain meals, uh, especially if they live a sedentary lifestyle. A doctor will immediately say it's gout, immediately give you colchicine to treat the gout, and they'll, they'll give you uh, drugs to prevent gout formation. But there's something called pseudo gout. Gout is caused by purines building in your bloodstream. It's caused by ingestion of certain proteins. And those purines will actually cause crystals, your crystals to form, and they're heavy. So they sink. Gravity pulls them down to your feet and your toes, and your body tries to break up those crystals with water. So it puts water into your feet and your toes to try to break up those crystals, and that's incredibly painful. Your feet swell up, your toes swell up, and that's really painful. So they either give you allopurinol, which is a drug to prevent purine formation, you're a crystal formation, or they give you colchicine, which is a really powerful diuretic. And colchicine, if anyone's ever been on colchicine, I feel I'm very sorry you've been on it. Colchicine, they give it to you until you have a violent attack of diarrhea. That's how they titrate it. So they give it to you until you have a violent attack of diarrhea. And they said, okay, you've had enough. <laughs> and then they can back up on the dose. But that's how they treat gout and they prevent gout with allopurinol. But there's something called pseudogout where the crystals are not, not uric acid crystals. They're actually calcium crystals. And they're, they form because of magnesium deficiency. So anyone that has gout, the first thing I say is make sure you're taking 400 to 600 milligrams of magnesium a day and see if it goes away. Because unless they actually did a test for purines in the blood, they're just guessing it's gout and it could be pseudo gout. So then on the flip side, if you actually have gout, then yes, you got to drink plenty of water to flush it out and you have to follow a gout diet. You have to eat foods that are low in purines. And you can look anywhere on the, online and look for gout diet and see what foods to avoid. Gout is considered to be a disease of the rich because those foods, it's red wine, it's beer, it's red meats, it's food that you have to be able to afford. So, so you don't see a lot of really dirt poor people with gout. It's, it, it tends to be something of excess. But drinking more water certainly helps. Hydrating certainly helps. The zeolite will help because it'll move these minerals around the body and, and help prevent it. But certainly the best way to prevent gout, if it's truly gout, is drink plenty of water and avoid foods that will uh, contribute to a gout attack. So, Rick, I don't know if you have a few more minutes. I'd like to finish out with Peggy Goodman's go down. Chronic cough. Is that the one? Yep. Yeah, you can go with that one. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when someone's not on any medication, blood tests are actually going to show any abnormal values. Okay. So, yeah, I'd like to try and identify what is the chronic cough. There's lots of things that cause chronic cough. There's cough variant asthma which is actually caused by vitamin A deficiency. So just get beta carotene in your diet. There's allergies. Allergies can cause a post-nasal drip. And if you feel like it's really back in your throat and you feel that tickle and then you cough, 
that's actually an allergic response. So you're allergic to something that you can use an over-the-counter product like Claritin that usually helps, but usually you want to find out what you're allergic to and try to avoid that. Certainly cell defender helps, plus hydrate, all this stuff will help. The immunity will help, especially if it's an allergy, but it's really important to know what's causing it. So you're not on any medication. The other thing too is certain blood pressure medications cause a chronic cough. They raise bradykinin. So if anyone's on an ACE, an ACE inhibitor, those drugs do cause a chronic cough. And I would advise getting off them if you're coughing. But yeah, you have to try to identify what's causing the cough and then we can try to, to deal with it. Certainly cell defender work for horses as well as dogs and cats. The problem is that we made it chicken flavored and horses just don't eat chicken. But if you want to give a horse cell defender, absolutely, you can give a horse cell defender. Put it on their carrots or just put it right in their mouths. There was a woman in Tucson that was in uh, the first company that I launched my zeolite. And she worked with uh, vets that treated wild mustangs. And they would go out and treat wild mustangs. They'd actually put the zeolite on cuts and scrapes on the mustangs and they feed it to the mustangs. And they said they could see how much healthier they got as they use the zeolite over time. So yes, we've had lots and lots. And and who's treating the, is it a liger? It's a lion tiger. That's Bonnie. Bonnie. Yeah, Bonnie. Yeah, obviously we're helping uh, a, a liger. Is it a liger? Am I getting it's it right? a liger. So it's a lion tiger cross. And then they take that offspring and, and do another lion cross. So it's a liger. Wow. Yeah. Really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So it's a lion version she... of transgender. I don't know, but it's, I, I don't want to get into that discussion, but I know that it's a, a creature that normally has a lot of health issues and has done very well in the cell defender. Right. She, she would not be She's a done beautifully. And yeah. it's a lilliger. And the easiest way to say it is the lilliger. It means that, that she's bred twice with a lion and once with a tiger. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Marcy. It is You're a beautiful animal. It's a beautiful and her name is Wilhelmina, but she goes by Willie. Willie. Okay. <laughs> so we're all happy with So certainly, yes, cell defender will help any creatures. I can only tell you that the cell defender for pets is hypoallergenic chicken flavor. It's natural chicken flavor. And so horses just don't like chicken. You can try to give it to a horse, but I'm sure somewhere along the line, someone's going to ask me for grass flavored cell defender for horses. <laughs> I think the question though, uh, uh, Richard was saying like, now that we have the newer product with the gel, do you use the same amount? I'm not sure what he's saying because it depends on what we're giving the animals, but because I use the drops, I use the cell defender and the drops for my animals. Anyway, I have the gel too now, which I love, but he's asking with the gel, I guess what kind of, how many drops are in a, a, you know, how do you know how much drops you're giving them? If you're giving them a cell defender and the gel. Well, you know, any amount's going to help. You know, there are people that take one drop in a bottle of water. You can see that they're mobilizing toxins, getting them out of their body. Uh, so uh, I do recommend if you look on the tube of the cell defender for pets, I do it by weight because it's just what they can actually take and, and how fast they're going to mobilize toxins from that. So yeah, if you, I, I think it's an eighth of a teaspoon, which is pea-sized, once a day for small animals, twice a day for animals between like 20 and 60 pounds, and over 60 pounds, it would be a more of a nickel-sized dose, a uh, quarter teaspoon uh, twice a day. So I'd probably do that with horses, like a nickel-sized dose two to three times a day, uh, if they're using that, or if they're using drops. I go right up to the 10 drops three times a day, two, two to three times a day, like I do for a human. Yeah. So if we're using it, if we have a crisis situation where we have an animal with bad cells or something, we're not going to just rely on the gel. We're going to go to the drops and make sure they get as many drops as they need to that we're wanting to. So, 
So Richard, that's a good comment um, that Chip can go over. Chip and Marcy can go over next week too, a little bit more if you want. So someone had a mycotoxin test. The doctors say he'd never seen anyone with mold in every category. Congratulations. Yeah, I, you never want a doctor. So it's like when Neil said, the doctor went, whoa. He goes, what, 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 what? See, you never want a doctor to look at you and say, whoa, I've never seen that before. <laughs> That's the last thing you want to hear. But they're taking cell defender and nano silver. Not sure if I should increase the amount I take. Well, certainly we've seen lots of benefits with the molds and protists with the cell defender. Certainly the nano silver should help a lot. And if Doug was here, he'd probably tell you that to drink the whole bottle, it's not going to hurt you. But certainly you can take more of the nano silver to deal with any creepy crawlies. I say it's a really good one-two punch. The cell defender takes out everything non-living that shouldn't be in your body. And the silver takes out all the living stuff that shouldn't be in your body. Priscilla asked this question on Inner Circle. I don't think she got an uh, answer yet. Can plus fiber and or plus hydration help with constipation caused by opiate use? It should, but I'm going to take a step back and try to get you off of opiates. Certainly, I did get in trouble with the FDA. I got a warning letter in 2019 from the FDA for no other reason than I said I could get people off opiates. And to date, we've gotten now over 1,000 veterans off of opiates using versions of the Plus Relief, uh, using our Cobra Venom analgesics. So yes, it's all natural. It's non-addictive, non-narcotic, and it deals with pain and inflammation. And we have gotten people off of opiates. I'm actually allowed to say that. That's a legal claim. It just upset the FDA that I was exerting my rights and telling people that. So the first thing I would do is, is say, start on the plus relief, try to reduce your use of opiates and get off the opiates because of those, especially because of the side effects besides addiction does cause slowing down of the organs, slowing down peristalsis and chronic constipation. And instead of telling patients, let's get you off of opiates, they invent new drugs for opiate-induced constipation. Now, there's a whole line of drugs for OIC, which is a made-up condition that causes a side effect from a drug you shouldn't be taking. Yes, I'm on my, Neil sees me on my pedestal, on my soapbox. So the first thing I would do is certainly get off the opiates over time. You can't just go cold turkey, but start on the plus relief and get off the opiates. And yes, the fiber should help. But what's really happening with the opiates is it's slowing down peristalsis. It's nerve-induced. So the plus relief would help the most. Let's see. I know everyone has parasite T46 sprays medicine daily and hope that's working well enough. It should. Absolutely. Robin, I think I answered everything. You are on it, man. We are so glad <laughs> to have you. Thank you. Tell Liz, sorry we kept you so long, but you know what? We just have, we'll have him back though, guys. We'll have him back and we'll do shorter calls so we don't have to keep him out so late. Thank you, Neil, for bringing him Oh, wait, on. someone asked about gallstones. Oh. Yes. So, yeah, gallstones are different. Certainly, if someone's forming gallstones, you got to find out why. There's biliary issues. I got to tell you, in the last five years, the number one cause of gallstones is ozempic. A lot of people are using those drugs. They're originally for diabetes, but now they're using them for weight loss. Lots of side effects. So I'm not a big fan of those medications, those GLP-1 medications like Ozempic. They can cause pancreatic issues, gallstones, gallbladder issues, a lot of digestive issues. So no meds, great. So it's not meds, but certainly the best thing for gallstones is, again, same thing with kidney stones and gout, go on a diet that is gallstone preventive, mm -hmm. drink plenty of water, and the cell defender should help mobilize minerals that can prevent gallstone formation.